I want to thank Shauna for doing a fantastic job last week, talking about, yeah, the, the war of love and the agony of love. Uh, she's just such a gift. We really miss uh, the Bournes. Uh, they fought to go, call to go back to Texas, um, and you know, someone's got to be evangelized Texas, so God bless them. But uh, well, someone's got to evangelize Minnesota, too, I'm just saying. All right, we are studying the book of Colossians. And um, I, this morning, want to chew on uh, eight verses here. We'll start with uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 28, and go up through chapter 2, verse 7. It's roughly the same batch of uh, scriptures we've been looking at for the last six weeks, but we're in no hurry. But we're actually going to go forward two more verses, so we're making good headway. And I want to entitle this message, Being Rooted in the Nows. Rooted in the Nows. For reasons that will become clear, hopefully, here in a little bit. Uh, let's read the uh, passage. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. We proclaim him, namely Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Present. Paul there is envisioning himself on the, on the judgment day presenting uh, the Colossians fully mature. He wants to present everyone fully mature. And there's a sense of responsibility he has to do that. Um, it's, it's, every teacher is going to give an account of what they did. It's a kind of a sobering thought if you're a teacher. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me, Paul says. Strenuously contend. That's that Greek word agonizomai that Shano talked about last week. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches, full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know, know fully, the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and all the treasures of knowledge. I just love this passage. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I, am present, though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Pray with me here for a moment. Abba, Father, we ask that you would infuse this word uh, with your authority, with kingdom authority, with authority from on high, to build the kingdom in our lives and our hearts. Use this message, Lord God, to jar us to do life a different way, to walk a little bit different as a result of this message. For every person in this auditorium and all the po our podrishners and and, and people who are watching through television, God, by any means, we pray, God, whatever they're doing, wherever they're at, right now, God, you'd, you'd be working in their hearts and minds to receive this word deeply, that it would find a deep rooting in their hearts to change the way we do life. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. And all of Abba's children said, Amen. Amen. You agree? Okay, so we've been looking at the mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed in Christ. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's just, uh, it, it's, 
We've been unpacking this for the last month or so, and it has just been blowing my socks off. Uh, the, the riches, the full riches of this mystery. We've seen that that mystery is that, that from, from the beginning, from the very beginning, from the foundation of creation, God had planned to unite himself with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And by that means to then bring us into his triune fellowship. God, from the very beginning, his plan was to open up his, his, the, his, the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to envelop us in that, that, that triune love. We've seen that the, 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 the mystery that was kept hidden but is now revealed is that God wants to dwell in us and have us dwell in him in a way that reflects and participates the way God dwells within himself as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's that paracresis thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago. This perfect love. So we become participants of the perfect love that God eternally is. That was the plan. To have, as it were, another dance partner in the Trinity. Hallelujah. Uh, This is God's beautiful, magnificent plan from the very beginning. It's now revealed and being accomplished in Christ Jesus. It has been just, for me, as I think about this, when I get a glimpse of this, I think anyone who gets a glimpse of this, even a little bit, it, it, it can't help but overwhelm you. The beauty of it, the power of it. The plan that God has could not be more beautiful than it is. And anyone who says yes to this, who surrenders to this, it means you're living in a story that could not be improved upon. The most magnificent, I mean, this is what you'd expect, given the God being the supreme beauty and, and loving God that he is, he, he, he doesn't settle for second best. And this story that we're in right now, even though it's a war zone down here and on some levels is absolutely atrocious, but the beauty of redemption, the beauty of the salvation story, the beauty of this mystery that's been revealed is, is, is beyond measure. It's beyond words. When it hits you. I, I, last Tuesday, I was just sitting in my office and uh, I, I, I take kind of breaks uh, regularly to just savor uh, this sacred moment where I am in the presence of God, which is always true. And, and I just breathe it in. I just sort of dwell on the fact that I'm right now in the heart of the triune God. And as I was just thinking on that, uh, it, it, it's, uh, this happens once in a while. The coin drops in the slot where it, the idea becomes a reality and you begin to taste it a little bit. I, you know, it's, it's like an aroma in the room. It becomes real. And, and it, 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 was, it was just overwhelming to me. I, I, I tweet sometimes. I'm on Twitter. I don't, I, I end up with tweet, tweet like a bird. I have this Twitter thing. And, and I, I just got on the Twitter and I, I just went, his love is amazing. His love is amazing. His love is amazing. His love is amazing. I just couldn't, there's no other words to, to say. I, I was just blown away by it. Words don't come close. When you realize right now, think about this. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're surrendered to Jesus, then that means right now, you're, you're, you're loved with a love that could not be uh, uh, improved on. In fact, this is true whether you're a believer or not, but it's only if you're a believer will you receive this. You're in the presence of God right now. You're enveloped in his love right now. You're swimming in an ocean of perfect love right now. You are loved with the same love that the Father has for the Son. That's what John 17 says. Right now, this moment, here. This isn't just a future thing. This is a now thing, a present thing. You are in the heart of the triune God right now. It could not be more beautiful. It could not be more wonderful. In fact, I challenge you to, to, as you're listening to this message, and parishioners, whatever you're doing, as you're listening to this message, uh, reserve part of your brain space uh, to, to remain aware of that fact, that you're sitting in the presence of God, that you're, you're in the heart of the triune God 
And you will be throughout eternity. <laughs> You're a participant of the love and the joy and the bliss that God is throughout eternity. It's mind-boggling beautiful. But the reality is, I mean, that's what's really real. What's also real, though, is that we don't usually experience that. We, we maybe know it in our head, but it's not usually uh, the reality we live in, right? Um, what is true doesn't often feel true to us. In fact, for a lot of folks, this, it, 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 you, you believe it's true, but, but it feels false. It feels like it's too good to be true. Our, our reality, our experienced reality, doesn't line up with that very well. You know, we have within us a, a bottomless reservoir of, of living water, right? We saw that a couple weeks ago, John 7. Living water, zoe water, eternal life water, welling up within us, a bottomless reservoir. Uh, and yet we often feel like we're in a desert, don't we? Feel thirsty. Though the water's within us. And, and what's true is that we have a spirit in us uh, that gives us a peace that passes all understanding. But we often are full of anxiety. And we're getting, we have a spirit. Paul tells us that we have a spirit that, that is a power and of love and a sound mind. We have the power of Christ working within us, just as Paul did. And yet we often feel powerless. We often feel very weak. And we've got a spirit of fearlessness, but we're often fear, fearful. And we are children of the Most High God. We are kings and queens. We are children of Abba Father. We are royalty, but we often feel like paupers. And, and, and we're enveloped moment by moment by the love of God, but we often feel alone. And right now, this moment, you're sitting in the heart of the triune God or parishioners. You're washing dishes in the heart of the triune God or jogging in the heart of the triune God, whatever you're doing. But, but the reality is it feels like you're just here in a building at the, on the border of St. Paul and Maplewood. Now, that's our location. It, it doesn't feel like we're in the heart of the triune God. And so our lives don't reflect, to a certain degree, don't reflect that reality. It's not, it's not part of our experience. The fundamental problem here is, as we saw earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the problem is the clouds, right? The clouds. The clouds are, I, you know, the sun's always shining. It's constant. It's nonstop. It's always shining, but we often live in a dark and dreary world because uh, something's blocking the clouds. I mean, blocking the, the sun, and that's the clouds. And so also, in our spiritual life, God is always the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shadow of turning in Him. He's always the same. But our experience of Him is, 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 is very, very much in flux. And we don't often, maybe even usually, see the warmth of the sun and, and feel the warmth of the sun and the, and the brightness of the sun because we've got clouds that block that. The clouds have to do with this, the fact that we live in this fallen, oppressed, cloudy world. It's full of smog. We, it's a polluted environment. The air we breathe is polluted. And, and it's a spiritually oppressed world. And so we, we, it's saturated with lies. Lies about God, lies about us, lies about others, lies about everything. And we breathe that in, being born into this fallen world. And because of that, that smog gets on the inside. And it clouds our minds and it clouds our hearts. And to the extent that we've got clouds in our heart and minds, to that degree, the sun doesn't seem like it's shining. To that degree, we live in a dark and dreary world. The sun's the same, but we don't experience it. It's brightness or it's warmth. Jesus is constantly loving, but we feel alone. Jesus is always with us, but we feel like, like he's not. All the truths of God don't feel true to the extent that we're living in clouds. We have lies on the inside that block the brightness and the warmth of the sun. So the question is, how do we get out from under the clouds? 
How do we detox to get this pollution out of our system? How do we learn to live in the light and the warmth of the sun rather than the dark, dreary world of the lies that invade our life perpetually throughout our life in this fallen world? This is really the question of discipleship. This is, this is the, the question of how do we become mature in Christ? How do, we, how do we detox from the clouds and begin to get our hearts and our minds to align with the truth? How do we, how do we get to the point where we can see the world accurately uh, and, and see ourselves accurately and live in that? This is the question of discipleship. It's the all-important question. This is what Paul was contending so, so, so strenuously for with the Colossians. He agonized, agonizomai. He, he strenuously contended for the Colossians so that he could present everyone fully mature in Christ. That was the end game for him. That was the criteria. Growing up in Christ. I, I'm a, a very aware, never more so than, than now, that uh, this is the job of all leaders in, in the kingdom is, is to mature people, to grow people. First of all, to become mature and then to, 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 to grow other, other people. And that there, we will give an account of that. You've got to know that we here within those church take that very seriously. The criteria will be how mature do people uh, become under your ministry. The criteria is not how many people did you get to come to an event? How many people did you get to listen to a sermon? The criteria is not how big was your church or how nice was your offering or how good was your program. All that is at most a means to an end. The end is maturing people in Christ. And, and, and we're going to give an account, which is why I, I need everyone to grow up here. My, my rear is on the line, if you know what I'm talking about here. All right. All right. And, and so, so uh, the, 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 and see, here's the thing. Uh, what I'm going to be talking about here is, is going to be a review to some folks here. If you've been here for longer than two years, some of what I'll be saying you've heard before. And, and this is one of the main things that I realize that we're up against is that um, uh, we, we tend to see one of the biggest clouds in this culture is entertainment. We're consumers of entertainment. And so we're conditioned to want new stuff, stimulating stuff, exciting stuff, sexy stuff, right? We like it, we like it jazzed up. And, and, and we get bored very easily. And, and, and so we want to always want to be moving on to some, something new. But see, you can't mature if you're always looking for the new and the exciting. It's like the, this video game culture invades the church. So then there's pressure on the preacher to always have a new thing or a fun thing or an entertaining thing. And you can't possibly mature if you're looking for entertainment. Can't do it. <laughs> to mature, amen. To mature, to mature, you, you need some repetition and you gotta go over stuff. This is why we, we, we chew on stuff. We just chew on it. We're not in a hurry to move on because it's gotta get on the inside. And by the inside, I don't just mean in your head. It's gotta go into the heart. It's gotta saturate us. Amen? And so, some of this is gonna be reviewed, but I encourage you to stay tuned and, and hear it as though you're hearing it for the first time. Uh, because this is so important. What I'm gonna be sharing is so foundational to this maturing process. So foundational to getting out from under the clouds. How do we detox? The answer is found in the verses that we read here this morning. And so I want to read the last two verses here uh, as we move forward here. And it's about being rooted in the now, in all the nows. So Paul says this, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and look at this. I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, in the same way, 
Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Now, now, now we're going to pick this apart line by line uh, and break it down. And you're going to learn a little bit of Greek here in the process. Isn't that exciting? So let's break this down. First, Paul delights in how disciplined the Colossians are. The word discipline there is taxes. It means to carry out an order or to perform a duty. So already we know that to grow, to mature in Christ, it's about, we need to be disciplined. Uh, we need to be always carrying out a duty, a command. We'll find, what that, we'll find out what that command is here in a moment. Uh, this is simply what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, one who's disciplined. There's no other way to be a disciple unless you're being disciplined by him. Um, it's the only category that the New Testament thinks on. It doesn't think in terms of the non-disciplined and the disciplined. It's all disciplined. Okay, so Paul delights in how disciplined they are. Then he says he delights in how firm they are in the faith. The word he uses there is stereoma, which means to stand firm or to be solid. And the connotation is that because, precisely because they are disciplined, they're solid. They're, they stand firm like an oak tree. They don't bend easily to the wind. Wind that the winds of life that maybe break other trees it doesn't doesn't even bend these folks because they're firm. They're solid, and the reason they're solid is because they're disciplined. They're disciplined. They carry out a command. And then Paul goes on, and 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 he, like a good teacher, what he first does is he affirms in students what he sees, and then he encourages them to do it more. So. We'll, we'll now see what exactly it is for them to be disciplined, how they're being disciplined, as he now encourages them to keep on doing it. And so he says, Just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your life in him. The same way that you received him. Now, the word he uses here is peripateo. It's translated as live your life. Um, but it doesn't mean life in general, sort of like, you know, have a good life. It's not like life in general. It literally means to walk, to walk, and to walk in a particular way. And so what Paul is saying is, is this. It's not just enough to receive Christ as Lord. You need to walk in a particular way that reflects that lordship and to be disciplined in it. This is the imperative. This is the command that, that, we, that we need to walk in, walk, walk in this step by step. That reflects the, the lordship of Christ. This verb is, is, is in case you're wondering, it's in the, the present active imperative voice. I told you we're going to learn a little Greek here. The present active imperative. Now, that in this case is very significant. Because it means that this verb, to walk in a particular way, is something that's always present and always active. You're, you're carrying out an imperative, a command, in the present means in each present moment, you carry this out. It means that this command will never become past tense for us. Not until the kingdom comes. We're to always, in each present moment, to be carrying out this imperative. This is how the Colossians were disciplined. He was congratulating them for that, and now telling them to continue doing that in every present moment. And then Paul says, look at this, being rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith. He uses the word here, redzao, to be rooted. Uh, it comes, it's related to the, the noun, reads out, which is the word for root, like the root of a tree. And so Paul is telling them to be like the root of a tree in how they walk. The particular way they walk, it's an odd metaphor really, but they're to walk, you walk in the way that a tree is rooted. 
And, and you, do it, you do it continually, step by step, right? Because it's always a present active imperative. And so the, it's sort of the analogy of, of like, with every step that you take, with every step that you take, let it be like a tree that's getting roots. The most important part of a tree is, is the roots. It's what's under the ground, right? That, it, that, that's how the tree gets its nourishment from the ground. Uh, and to the degree that the tree's roots are deep, well, that's going to allow it to grow tall and strong. It's only because it's rooted in something that it can grow tall and strong and firm like an oak tree. So also Paul is saying, with every step you take, let those roots go down into the ground. And the ground, in this case, is Jesus Christ. And get your nourishment with every step. Right? This is not life in general. This is life step by step. It's always a continuous thing. You don't walk in general, right? You don't, to walk, you've got to take one step at a time. Right? Continually walk in a certain way, step by step. And with every step, he's saying, get your nourishment from Christ. Be rooted in Christ. To get your nourishment from Christ simply means we get our life from Christ. We get our identity from Christ. We get our worth, our core sense of worth and meaning and feeling fully alive and security. All that's to come from Christ, nothing else. And so with every step, with every step, yes, with every step, be, be, be drinking deeply from the well of Christ. With every step, step by step, continually, it's a present active imperative. That's the command that we're to be disciplined in carrying out. Always in the present moment. So I can summarize what Paul is saying in these verses by saying this. He's saying to be built up and strengthened and to stand firm in Christ, which is the end game. We must not only receive Christ as Lord, but also be disciplined about walking in a way that each step is rooted in Christ. Moment by moment. Step by step. As you receive Christ as Lord, we'll receive him in this step. Just as you receive Christ as Lord, so also walk, peripateo, present active imperative. So also walk, receiving Christ as Lord. Acknowledge his lordship with every step you take. Drink of the nourishment of Christ with every step you take. That is how we grow in our strength and stand firm. To the degree that we do that, we're growing like an oak tree. To the degree that we don't, well, the things that are real are not going to feel real to us. The things that are true, are not, we're not going to experience them as true, and we're going to stay immature. Now, here's the main challenge that we're up against. All right. We here, for a number of reasons, and I'll say more about this next week, uh, but we in the West, we, the way our, our minds work is we compartmentalize things. We, we like to have files on everything, and we categorize everything, and, we, and we, we separate everything. We're not the most holistic people in history. In fact, we maybe are the most unholistic, disintegrated people. Uh, we divide things up. And so we, we tend to have this division between the holy and the secular, the spiritual and the mundane. That's how we live in that kind of a world. A lot of it has to do with Plato. And there's other reasons as well. We divide things up. And so the holy is sort of where we think about Christ and, and where we, you know, Christ is on our mind and we maybe sometimes experience his presence. Uh, the holy is, is like when we pray or when we go to church, we go to the holy or we go to the spiritual. Um, and, and that's where Christ is on our mind. But most of the time, we're in this other place, this mundane world, the ordinary world. And we got to travel to get to the holy, but we normally live in this secular world. And in the secular world, let's be honest, Christ usually isn't on our mind. In that secular world, usually, because we've, we, we, we've, we've kind of decided that the holy is over there in the special place when we go to church and, and pray at night or whatever, uh, well, when we do this, it's very different from that. So over in the secular world, we're not usually worried about how we step. In fact, over in the secular realm, let's be honest, the way we normally do life, we step the way anybody steps. 
What I mean by that is this, is that, that, that when, when, you know, in the secular realm here, we're, our minds are almost completely defined by our, our physical surroundings or the task that's at hand. So that when we're grocery shopping, our mind's totally absorbed in grocery shopping. And when we're driving a car, it's totally absorbed in driving the car or whatever. And, and, and when we're reading a book, it's totally into the book. When you're listening to a sermon, it's totally into the sermon. And, and, and when you're fixing the toilet, it's totally on fixing the toilet, you know, whatever. Um, and Christ isn't in our mind. We're, in fact, the way that we shop or fix toilets or read books is the same as, as a non-believer would. We live as though Christ did not exist. Our mind has pushed Christ out of, the, of that secular realm because we've boxed him in over here in the holy realm. And so if, if Jesus somehow disappeared, we wouldn't notice when we're grocery shopping because our mind's totally on the grocery shopping. We're stepping the same way others step. We divide up this word and see to the degree, to the degree that our, our, our mundane, secular, ordinary life doesn't have Christ in it. To that degree, we're living in clouds. See, to that degree, we've got a lie. Because we're, we're blocking out of our awareness the most important aspect of every moment. And that is that Christ is there. Christ is real. Christ is in you. And, 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 and we're supposed to be taking step by step. Every, every present moment is to be finding its nourishment there. But we're not doing that if, in fact, we're just blocking him out, doing our secular kind of a thing over here. We're living in clouds. And so to that degree, to the degree that we push Christ out of our mind as we go about our secular lives, to that degree... The, the, the bottomless reservoir of living water inside of us is going to just feel like a desert. And, and we're going to feel fearful even though we've got a spirit of fearlessness in us. And we'll feel anxious even though we've got a peace that passes under, all understanding inside of us. And, and we'll be feeling like we're paupers even though in reality we're kings and queens. And we'll be feeling like we're just in a church building or just grocery shopping or just fixing the toilet. Even though the truth is that whatever else we're doing, we're in the heart of the triune God. It's to the degree that there's clouds there, the warmth and the brightness of the sun isn't going to reach us. We're not seeing things accurately to the extent that we don't see. Right now, if I am aware of Christ in this room, my, my, my awareness is much more accurate than if I'm not aware of that. If I'm 100% absorbed right now in the, what, I need, what I need to say to you, to that degree, my experience of this room is out of touch with reality. Because the most important fact about this room is now not in my awareness. It'd be no different than if I'm right now looking at you and if I saw only seven people here in the front row. It, my perception of the room is true to the extent that there are seven people here, but it's inaccurate to the point, to the extent that there's a whole lot of other people that I'm not seeing. I'm blocking you out of my awareness. My, 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 my perception of the room wouldn't be accurate. Are you following me on this? Well, it's the same thing with, 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 with God. God's here. Christ is here. We're in the heart of the triune God. But if we're not aware of that, then we're inaccurate. We're under a lie. We're over here in secular realm as though there's a part of reality that God's not invading. That's a lie. And so we're blocking our experience of the warmth and the brightness of the sun. See, here's the thing. Is, is, is for a lot of reasons, and I'll get into some of this next week, but we surrender our life to Christ. But we forget. And see, this is so obvious so obvious, and yet it, it, we, we forget it. We surrender our life to Christ, but we forget that our life, the life that we surrendered, is the life that we live moment by moment. The only real life you have is, is right now. The only real you is right now. Yesterday's you is gone. Tomorrow's you isn't here yet. This is you. This is your life. And what you call your life is nothing more than a now, and a now, and a now, and a now. This moment, now this moment, now this moment, now this moment. 
And so to surrender your life to Christ means, if it means anything, we surrender this moment and this moment and this moment. You can't surrender Christ, your life to Christ in the abstract. You know, it's like you can't go for a walk without taking steps. You can't say, oh, I'm going for a walk. I'm just not going to take any steps. So also, you can't surrender your life to Christ and not be surrendering the moments to Christ. See how this is? And, and, and so to surrender... This is why the most important question is not the question we evangelicals tend to ask. We, we, we tend to say, are you born again? And by that we mean, uh, you know, did you surrender your life to Christ five years ago or five minutes ago or 50 years ago, whatever? That's not the important question. I mean, that's not irrelevant, but, but well, yeah, it is pretty irrelevant. Because the only important question is, are you surrendered now? You promised five years ago or five minutes ago or 50 years ago that you surrendered your life. But the question is, are you carrying that out by surrendering this moment? And now this moment. And now this moment. And that involves at least knowing that Christ exists. You see, we define this realm over here as though we live as though Christ didn't exist. To surrender to him means we have to at least be aware that he exists in each of, of the particular moments. You're, this is so foundational. This is what it is to surrender like to Christ. And yet, the, the church hardly ever talks about this. It probably even sounds really weird to you that I'm talking about it. But it's foundational to everything. It's foundational to everything. It's... it's, it's our life is nothing more than a series of now. So the goal, folks, the goal, the goal is then is 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 to uh, declare war on this compartmentalization. Uh, the the goal is to tear down this division between the spiritual and the not spiritual, the holy and the secular, and rather to make it all holy. Praise God. Uh, to to live in a way that where your ordinary now is extraordinary because you're you're inviting the kingdom into every moment. This is what it is to bring the kingdom on earth. The kingdom is the dome over which God reigns, right? And and we want Him to be the dome over which he, our life to be a dome over which He reigns. But our life is nothing more than a series of moments strung together. So the goal is to make this moment a dome over which He reigns, and now this moment a dome over which He reigns, and now this moment a dome over which He reigns. This is what it is to surrender your life to to walk just as you surrendered. Paul says, right? You surrendered, good. That was good, but. Are you walking surrendered this moment and this moment and this moment with the roots going down and you're getting your life from Christ and your worth from Christ and your identity from Christ? And, and, and see, now and only now will you be growing uh, and, 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 uh, and, and getting firm and strong uh, and being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is what it is to live free from the clouds. We can't live free from the clouds in the abstract. No, it's, it's concrete, which means are you, are, you, are you free from the clouds this moment? Are you all from under the clouds now? Are you all from under the clouds now? And remember, to the degree that we're, our awareness is blocking God out, we're under a cloud. And so the goal, folks, is to integrate the kingdom into everything. And when we integrate the kingdom into everything, the division between the holy and the unholy disappears because we make it all holy. It's sacred. Oh, it, 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 driving the car now is a sacred thing. Why? Because God's in the car with you, and you're aware of that, and you surrender to him. And fixing the toilet becomes a sacred thing, because God's down there helping you, not helping you maybe, but he's with you as you're fixing the toilet. I've asked God for help fixing the toilet, and he won't do it. That's not, that's not me. I could use some help. But, uh, uh, no, and, and, and when, you're, when you're shopping, Jesus is shopping there with you. And as you're reading the book, he's, he's, he, you're being enveloped in the, in the heart of the triune God. As you're watching television, you're being enveloped by the heart of the triune God. Whatever you're doing, it's all sacred. It's all holy. It's all spiritual as long as it's surrendered to him. You see, he's here. He's here. But the question is, are we aware of it? And so the goal is to begin to train ourselves to expand our awareness. The kingdom fundamentally is, is about changing the way you do consciousness. <laughs> 
to, to include in your awareness one thing that a non-believer would never do, and that is the, the, the awareness that Jesus still exists. And he's right there. Uh, that, that the ultimate environment that you are in every moment is, is the environment of, of the triune God. Whatever you do, whatever you go, well, he, he's there. That's the goal. That's the challenge. It's the simplest thing in the world to understand. Remember that Jesus exists. Uh, it's the simplest thing to understand, but it's the hardest thing to do. Hardest thing, and yet it's the most important thing to do. This is the essence of all discipleship right here. This is the imperative that's always present active. This is the imperative that the Colossians were disciplined in living out, which is why they were becoming firm in their faith. So I'm going to end with just four quick tips about how to, how to do this. Um, I have a book uh, that I wrote on this topic because I think it's just so important. It's called Present Perfect. And if you want to go a little deeper with this and start getting serious with this, uh, uh, you might want to uh, check out that book. And I'll give a few more tips next week as we uh, come back to this. But, but if, uh, tip number one, uh, you might call this uh, uh, early rising rooting. It's all about being rooted in Christ in the nows. I encourage you to start in the morning, first thing. I found, and many people have found, in fact, you find testimonies throughout church history to this effect. In fact, you find it throughout the Bible. But there's something very uh, uh, unique about the morning. Uh, so the psalmist says, early in the morning will I seek thee. I find that when I will spend the first 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes just uh, remembering that Christ exists and enjoying being in his presence, that that affects the rest of the day. There's a, it, it, not always, I mean, there's no magic here, but it, 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 it orientates you in the right direction. And so I'll just sit there, you know, before I even get out of bed, and I'll just be aware that I'm in the heart of the triune God. I'll be aware that I'm swimming in an ocean of love. I'll be aware this is my life, my identity, my meaning, my worth. And I just enjoy that. I might sometimes go on to pray about other things, or maybe not. But I always want to start by being aware. And that helps me stay more aware throughout the day. And so I encourage you, I know folks are di- different on this. I know some folks... Or like me, where you wake up and you're like, hey, it's, it's, it's time to you know, get going. Uh, I'm, I wake up singing. You know, I'm just, but Shelly, my wife, not so much. Uh, she's like, will you shut up for an hour, please? I, I, I got to get my neurons talking to each other. You know, I, it's, and so, you know, people are different. Maybe you need a cup of coffee first or you, know, you can work it out. But I encourage you, as soon as the brain starts working, to tune it to God, whatever that is. Uh, when, when the neurons are, neurons are talking, introduce the kingdom into those neurons. And, and that will help you introduce the kingdom into the moments that, care, that, that constitute your day. Secondly, uh, uh, look at, at kingdom uh, uh, rooting moments. And by that, I simply mean this. I encourage you, to, by any means possible, begin to develop a habit where you take breaks throughout the day to just remember that Christ exists and, and yield to him. Uh, you know, I, I, I will, as I'm writing, writing in my office or reading or whatever, I, I just kind of, I have a pattern now where I, at the end of a paragraph or a page or a chapter or whatever, I'll stop and I just, for about a minute, just sort of breathe in the reality of that Jesus Christ is here. Now, I try to remember he, that he exists even while I'm reading or writing or whatever I'm doing, but it's much more challenging. But as you develop a habit of doing this throughout the day, you're in, you'll find you increasingly are inviting Christ into the ordinary, which is making it extraordinary. Say to yourself, whenever you think about it, this is a, a sacred moment because God is here. As you're driving, whatever, make it a kingdom moment. So you take breaks and, and, and just 30 seconds for, or a minute, just, just keep your mind attuned to that reality. You're in the heart of the triune God. And maybe that sounds really easy. Like, a minute? I, I thought you were spiritual, Greg Boyd. And you, you, you think about God for a minute? I'm like, wow, I'm shocked. Well, you try it. In fact, we're going to try it here in a second. It's not easy. 
You will find if you're self-aware, your brain starts diddle-daddling all over the place. It's, it's, it's just terrible. But yeah, try it. Okay, third, uh, our really reminders. Uh, to change the way that you do your ordinary awareness, you'll need reminders. I, I guarantee you, you this is right, and right now, are you aware that, that, that God's in this place? You, you, you probably forgot. I forgot. I just now remembered God exists. Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's something we, we forget instinctively. We're trained to forget it. We're trained to do life in a secular way. You, you need re- reminders. And so, uh, by whatever means possible, uh, put reminders into your life. Some folks put it on the mirror in the bathroom so that they see it when they, you know, get out of bed. Uh, and the reminder is simply, remember Jesus exists, or stay awake, or are you present, or however you want to word it. But you put it up there. Or maybe on the rear view of mirror of your car or on the steering wheel. If you put it on the rear view mirror of your car, make sure you're not blocking any, uh, any sight stuff. I don't want to get accused of causing a car wreck. But, but remember that, that Christ exists. Uh, wh- wh- wherever you're going to likely see uh, the reminder, put it there. I, I, I have it on my computer, you know, uh, are you awake? Or I put it in my notes sometime in my sermons. You stay awake. Uh, just to remember this, because we forget. We forget that Christ is real. He's present. And that should be part of our awareness. And the final thing is uh, that I'll share today is rooting friends. It really helps. Like everything else in the kingdom, it works better with friends. Everything works better in community. And so if you can find one or two or five other people who uh, also want to stay awake, who also want to walk with their every step being rooted in, in Christ and nourished from Christ, then, then have an agreement that you're going to remind one another. I've got some friends where we just text one another once in a while. Hey, are you awake? Uh, hey, don't forget, God is here. Don't forget, you know, you're, you're in the heart of the triune God, however you want to word it. And you just remind one another. I, I would say that 98% of the time that someone re- asks me or rem- reminds me about staying present, I wasn't present. Uh, and that's a testimony to how pagan I am, but it's also a testament to how much we need friends uh, to be helping us live this out. So I want to end this way. Uh, starting right now, we're going to take 60 seconds. Stay aware to God's presence and surrender to that presence. If you're not a believer, uh, well, I, this is the time to start. And so just surrender. Just, whatever your understanding is, just right now, surrender to him. There. Now you're in the kingdom. It's, it's that simple. But the, what you did five seconds ago, it doesn't matter. It's, are you doing it now? Surrender. Surrender. This is the atmosphere we're in. Okay? It's the most ordinary thing in the world. We're not going to a special place. I stay awake, stay awake. I mean, you can still listen to what I'm doing, what I'm saying, but also just be aware that I'm, I, what I'm saying is in the context of the triune God. We're enveloped in his presence. Remember that, remember that. Okay, we've got 20 seconds into this now. See, I don't have to use special language. I don't have to ask you to do so many special posture. Any, you know, we're going to get spiritual now. No, the goal is to make, the, this is an ordinary moment. We're looking at one another. Uh, and, and yet, we're doing it aware that God is here. Can you do this out in the gathering area when you're talking to folks? Just be aware that God, it's, it's like being aware of the aroma in a room, you know, if someone's burning incense, or being aware of, of, of the, the weight of your body on the floor or on the seat. You know, just, you add, it, it's, we're about 40 seconds into it. Stay awake. It's here. It, oh, it's just, we're in the heart of the triune God right now. There's no secular. It's a lie of a pit of hell. It's all holy. He is here. And you'll find once in a while, when you stay awake and you are aware of this, 
And you don't, you don't do it to try to feel anything. No, you, you do it because it's, it's true. That's the only reason. It's true. So you don't do this as a gimmick to try to like, get a buzz. Uh, no. <laughs> Sometimes, though, you will get a buzz. <laughs> this is a high I'm talking about. So, uh, this last Tuesday, man, I, I got a buzz. I had a serious buzz going on, a Jesus buzz. <laughs> I had a Jesus buzz going on. Yeah. It, it, it's... Sometimes people ask me, what are you smoking, you know? <laughs> I'm talking on Jesus. <laughs> we just went down Cornville. Hey, remember, he exists. Remember, he exists. Remember, he exists. And we're going to go into another time of worship now, and I encourage you as we're singing about Jesus to just be aware that, he, that this isn't a, a, you know, a far-off deity we're talking about. We're talking to. He's here. He's in. You're in Christ, and Christ is in you. This is a mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations, but it's now revealed. It's the most beautiful story you could ever imagine being in, and you're it. You're here. Reminds me of that. Some show I saw where the guy says, do you believe in ghost stories? Well, you better believe because you're in one. What was that? Uh, Johnny Depp or Pirates show. You're in one. Well, well, you know what? Do you believe in the, in, 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 in the most beautiful story ever imaginable? Well, you better because you're in one. You're, this is it. You're here. This is real. This is not fairy tale. This is real. Once in a while, the coin drops in the slot, and man, you'll just see it. You taste it a little bit, and it's uh, beautiful. And, and now we're being rooted and nourished, and we grow. Praise God. I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward, and they're going to take up an offering. I know, Mary, I'm wrapping this up. I've I'm, I, I got I go, to go talk out of class here, and I'm late. But uh, 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 with the ushers to come forward, we're going to start by taking up an offering. Uh, and I just encourage you to submit every aspect of your life, including your bank account, to Jesus, because it's his. And he'll steer you in how you should uh, uh, give, uh, whether the church or coat to coat, or you know, just follow his leading. Follow his leading, and never forget that he exists. He's here. Remember him. Um, and uh, and and then we'll we'll go into another time of, of worshiping. The, I like to ask the prayer teams to come forward. And if you're, you guys, we don't take advantage of this enough. When these folks are up here. I really encourage you, whatever need you have, there's surely hundreds of needs in this room, whether physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever. And I encourage you to, this is the body ministering to the body. This is what we're supposed to do. It's one of the reasons we come together. So whatever the need is, as we're in this time of worship, uh, come to, the, to these prayer teams and, and share that what's on your heart, what the need may be. So Abba Father, as we in a very ordinary way go into this time of worshiping you, uh, God, we, we pray that you'd help us stay awake. Help us stay awake as we honor you with song and with our sacrifice. Uh, and, and help us to know that, that you are always in us. Uh, the sun never stops shining. And God, help us to stay out from under the clouds uh, and live in the light and the warmth of the sun. Uh, S-O-N, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.